Hi everyone, welcome back to the Grow the Jazz podcast. I'm Jazz, I'll be bringing you fitness education with practical application. Today we're going to be diving straight on in and we're going to be doing a Q&A episode with questions from people on my Instagram. So if I ever do these episodes, I'll put a question box up on my Instagram story where people can ask questions. So if you want a more kind of in-depth question asked compared to maybe something I could do on like a story Q&A where obviously I'm a bit restricted in terms of how much detail I can give, this is a pretty good one. So let's go straight in. So here someone wanted to hear more about lists, um, including like heart rate, how long, etc. So lists, which is L-I-S-S, it stands for low intensity steady state cardio. So it is a form of cardiovascular training that is low intensity. And LIS can be used for gen- gen- general kind of cardiovascular training, cardiovascular development, um, heart health and that kind of thing. It's a good idea for most people to have, you know, some form of LIS in their lives whether that is, you know, formal list cardio like I'm doing a list session at the gym or you know, going on a speedy walk outside or going, you know, cycling to work would count as as some form of kind of low intensity steady state cardio. Um not not quite so much kind of just like strolling, just like kind of slowly walking to work that probably wouldn't quite qualify as list but anything with a bit more kind of purpose and intent would be list cardio if we're talking about kind of more formal list cardio that would be you know it could be something you do at the gym that might look like an incline walk on the treadmill it might look like the elliptical it might look like going you know relatively slow i guess on the stairmaster um and list cardio as i said can be done for kind of health cardiovascular health purposes and can also be used as a good tool to support those in a fat loss phase. So if we need to help create a calorie deficit, in increasing expenditure through list cardio can be a nice way of doing that. So for example, some of my fat loss clients might have, you know, two 25 minute list sessions per week on top of their step target. So when you're doing it as a a fat loss aid it should be done in addition to a step goal so you may um, make a note of where your steps were before it and make sure that you're you know hitting your step goal plus whatever you're getting in the list cardio some people take their watches off when they do their list cardio so that it doesn't count towards those goals um, but that, that's only really kind of relevant for those you know using it very specifically for fat loss um, and list cardio can you know we can say it's probably about kind of 50 to 70% of your maximum heart rate. In my opinion, using heart rates isn't all that helpful. Even when I'm programming people running, so running sessions, I'm not a huge fan of using heart rates because if you are saying, I must stay within this heart rate zone to do this cardio, and if I'm going above this heart rate zone, I need to you know, bring down the intensity and go even slower so my heart rate comes down. Well, God, you're going to be spending a long time, you know, if doing it if you're not particularly cardiovascularly fit and doing an inclined treadmill walk gets you kind of out of zone two kind of heart rate wise um and a bit above even though that the perception might feel relatively low intensity and then you have to go even slower well you're not going to really be getting those benefits from it so i'd much rather and i generally prescribe it based on like a perceived exertion so how hard does this feel lists should feel obviously low intensity so it should feel um conversational so it's a conversational pace meaning you could 
keep up a conversation whilst doing it but there's some level of effort required so it's not like you're just strolling outside where you don't even have to think about it you have to think about maintaining some level of effort but it's going to be an rpe three or an rpe four you know so rpe is a one to ten scale of kind of exertion um and in terms of how long again it depends it depends what you're using it for um are you using it for kind of cardio cardiovascular fitness are you using it for fat loss you know if you are losing it for fat loss how much you're already doing do we need to increase the time you're doing it so you know it could really vary some of my clients have you know two 20 minute list sessions some have two 30 minute sessions some don't have any it very much depends on you your goals preferences and that kind of thing okay so next question what to do with single leg exercises if one leg is stronger match reps of weakest leg question mark So naturally, most people are going to have one leg that is stronger than the other or one side that is stronger than the other. Most of us have a dominant side. So we will have grown up kicking balls with one side and, you know, picking up shopping kind of preferentially with one side. We're naturally asymmetrical. You know, our heart is on one side, our liver's slightly to the other. You know, we're, we're not symmetrical as people and that is okay. So if you have one leg slightly stronger than the other or slightly more coordinated than the other, it's not the end of the world. Um, my right leg is stronger than my left leg. It's just, you know, I'd, I'm not sure that we could ever completely eradicate that unless you want to put all your training efforts towards having these perfectly balanced sides um, strength-wise, which, you know, I don't know who has time for that. So that's just a little preface. Um But yeah, so I'd always recommend when doing single side work, always do your weakest leg first or weakest arm. So always do the weakest side first. Rest well between legs or, you know, you can rest between arms as well. But particularly when doing something like a lunge or a split squat, you are loading the quote unquote non-working leg too. So there will be some fatigue building up in that leg. So make sure you rest well between sides um, and then match reps on your dominant side um that you achieved on your weakest side would be my recommendation okay next question is it okay in your opinion to train one body part oh only one body part for example legs glutes it's your body you can do whatever you want um if we're talking from like oh will you be a well-rounded you know strong capable as possible if you're just training kind of one body part no probably not but if you only have interest in growing your lower body, then go for it. You go ahead and kind of train your lower body. It doesn't mean that it's suddenly a good idea to train lower body four or five times a week. Actually, you know, if you're not training upper body, maybe you train lower body kind of three times per week and you don't need to be in the gym any more than that. So it's not like you'd replace all of your all of the other volume with with volume for that body part. So we don't want to just do as much as possible and being in the gym load training the same body part because that's just not going to be productive or and you're not going to be able to bring the same quality you're not going to get the best results doing that but if you wanted to do that that's cool I mean I think you know well-rounded training is kind of obviously going to be the most support us for staying strong into later life being physically capable doing a variety of different things but yeah as I said it's, it's your body so if you just want to build muscle in your lower body then go for it Okay, um, what's the best way to tell if you're training properly? I guess it would be, are you making results? You know, are you making progress? Are you seeing the changes you want to see? So if you're 
trying to tone for hypertrophy or muscle building? Are you seeing muscle growth? Are you getting stronger? Are you getting better at your lifts? Are you seeing changes in your physique? Um, are you recovering well between between training sessions? Um, are you feeling good and generally energetic? Your body feels pretty decent most of the time. Um, do you enjoy your training? You know, there are some kind of things to look out for, but I guess it comes down to, well, if you're training properly, you're going to be seeing the adaptations and changes you want to. If you're not seeing those changes and you've been giving it a good go for, you know, a, a good amount of time, it's not like oh, I've been doing this for four weeks and I've not seen anything. Well, we know that if it's muscle growth we're talking about, we know muscle growth tech takes, you know, a good few months to start showing. But if you've been in the gym for, you know, six months, have you seen those visible changes? If not, we may need to look at something. We may need to look at technique. We may need to look at your training program. We may need to look at your exercise selection, etc., intensity, etc., etc. Right. Let's do two more questions. Can you explain the benefits of tempo? I see people in the gym smashing out reps so quick. Yeah, so so I prescribe tempo in all my programming, so for my one-to-one clients and also train with jazz, so my group program, that's all prescribed with, you know, each exercise has a tempo prescribed as well. And tempo, so it's written in kind of uh, four numbers and it tells us how long, roughly, we should be spending in each part of a movement. Now, the benefit of having a prescribed tempo is that we can, you know, manipulate the the speed of different parts of a lift a good general guideline to follow kind of regardless of how your tempo is written is our eccentric so our um, lowering phases you know where the muscle elongates and and stretches out they should be controlled and relatively slow and then our concentric so that's the lifting part where the muscle is contracting that should be explosive and not explosive of not explosive as in using loads of momentum and that kind of thing, but the muscle contraction should be as explosive as it can be. Um, So that's a good general rule. Um, But, you know, tempo is, it doesn't have to be followed like, you know, the Bible. It is a you know, it gives you an idea of relative amount of time spent in a movement. So if I've programmed an RDL with tempo three, zero, one, one, you know that that three, okay, when we read tempo it always starts with the eccentric so the three is the lowering phase three seconds to lower so I know that okay that lowering phase is slow and controlled it's three seconds I don't count one Mississippi two Mississippi I don't count like that every time like every time I lower but I've got it in my mind that it's going to be a slow and controlled lowering and why do we need to have controlled eccentrics well it means that we are um when the muscle is elongating, we're not just letting like gravity take the weight. So if I'm doing a lateral raise, I'm not just letting it fall down to my side. I'm actually resisting against the lowering so that I'm getting an eccentric contraction. So we, we can still apply tension to a muscle when it's elongating and stretching. And so controlling those is important. And another thing, you know, tempo also helps us prescribe things like pauses. So if I've got a leg press, tempo 2110 that second one tells me that I've got a one second pause at the bottom of the rep where my legs are bent and when where my muscles are elongated I'm pausing there for one second before I push back up so it allows us to do that as well so 
controlling your eccentrics and being explosive and powerful on your concentrics is the most important thing. We want to control our eccentrics because it applies more tension to the muscle. We get a better stimulus when we do that. We want our concentrics to be explosive because we want to recruit as many muscle fibers as possible. So if we did like a a biceps curl and we curled it up really slowly, you're not going to be recruiting all of the um, muscle fibers. Whereas, you know, there's kind of this, this, like there's no need to get too technical, but there's there's this threshold as to wh- how many muscle fibers need to be used, and so we want to make sure we're using them as as you know as many of them as we can, and so we should think about explosively contracting the muscle, not like explosively throwing weights up, but thinking about what muscle we're using and contracting it with as much force as we can. So that's the main thing about tempo. And it is also useful for kind of um, prescribing, you know, things like pauses or if we're doing like slower eccentrics or whatever. Okay, final question. For creatine, would you recommend taking powder or gummies or does it not matter? It doesn't really matter. Um, I would go with a creatine monohydrate. So that is kind of its simplest form. It is the cheapest form. And it's also the the form that, you know, you don't need any like hydrolyzed or whatever. Creatine monohydrate. And whether that is in powder form or whether that is in gummy form, the the creatine monohydrate powder is going to be the cheapest option. But if you always forget to take it and you want to have a creatine gummy with, you know, the rest of your supplements in the morning and it's going to make you remember to take it, that's absolutely cool as well. I generally recommend, like, with something like a supplement, with something like a creatine powder, it's like, you know, the, the idea of habit stacking. So incorporate it into something else you already eat or already do. So, you know, maybe you always have, like, a glass of squash in the morning, so just stir it into that in the morning. I always have a yoghurt bowl at night, so I stir it into my yoghurt bowl. You can't taste it. And it just means I don't forget it because I always have that. And then I was now I've just like incorporated the creatine into that. And um, so whatever way that is you and you're going to remember and you're most likely to be consistent taking it, go with that. Okay, I think that'll be enough for today. Do let me know if you kind of enjoy more Q&A style episodes where we cover a, a few different topics. And um, yeah, when I put my question box up on the story, if your questions are too long, for the box you can just like drop me a dm as well obviously kind of if you want to find out any more about working with me either one-to-one or joining my group training program as always all of that info will be down in the little show notes below and i hope you enjoyed today's episode have a lovely week and i'll speak to you again next monday